Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bell Ringers Investing.com's weekly financial podcast, where my good friend and I, Jesse Cohen, go over the topics of the week, the format of the show, as usual. Three minutes of Bell. We talk about everything that's hot this week and everything that happened last week. And this is where we go. Jesse, you want to go over the topics this week? Obviously, uh, last week, the three biggest topics that impacted financial markets. We'll give our thoughts on Federal Chairman Jerome Powell's dovish testimony to Congress. We'll discuss Wall Street's upbeat performance in wake of his remarks. And finally, Facebook's $5 billion record a record-breaking fine from the FTC is another topic we'll discuss uh, that rocked last week. Turning our focus uh, to the week ahead, we'll obviously talk about earnings season, which kicks into effect in full gear starting Monday. We'll then uh, provide a a little bit of a a deeper drill down into some of the names reporting. And finally, we turn our attention to what's in store in terms of data. All right, so let's uh, dive straight ahead. Three minutes on the dovishness of Jerome Powell. Do you understand it? I mean, at this point, it's clear that that the Fed and Powell, they're going to cut regardless. Regardless if we're at all-time highs, regardless if the unemployment rate is at a 50-year low, regardless if if, uh, CPI is running a little hot. Because right now, it seems as if Powell is a hostage to financial markets. Powell is is a hostage to Trump. And at this point, it's very easy to see why you don't want to fight the Fed. Oh, I, I agree. And it's interesting because Powell himself noted that the economy performed reasonably well, his words, not mine, and that consumer spending actually rebounded in the second quarter. So it doesn't seem like we're heading towards anything dangerous. You know, you've talked about how unemployment, 3.7%, almost the lowest reading in 50 years. We're talking about the core the core PCE at 1.6%, maybe a bit under the target of 2%, but nothing, you know, nothing, nothing too extraordinary as to cut rates when everything seems to be going rather well. I'm, I'm, I'm as puzzled by this as you are. Like I said, financial markets have kind of uh, set the script for Powell and he's just following it because, you know, breaking it down, why and how would you even explain cutting rates at a time like this? With the S&P just hitting an all-time high, with the economy on a strong footing, whether it's the jobs market, whether it's the consumer. Well, we still have a 3.1 GDP last quarter as well. That That's a strong reading for the U.S. economy, 3.1 GDP. You know, and, and, and if you want to think about really saving ammunition for when the recession actually comes. I know, we, we, you know, people have been talking about, you know, the so-called recession that we're, that's on the horizon for months, us, us including, you know. Even two, three years, uh, I remember people like thinking that 2015, that's it, the end of the bull market. So, A lot of people, you know, predicting gloom and here we are five years later, all time high and everything is good. So if, if, if we're cutting rates, you know, heading, you know, in, in this environment, what, would you, what will the Fed have, have left for when, you know, excuse me for, for my French, when shit really hits the fan, what will the Fed have, have left in, in, in the tank? Like, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I think that the, the Fed right now sets us up for maybe, you know, maybe a little longer bull market. But at the end of the day, I really feel like it'll come to, you know, excuse my French as well, bite us in the ass <laughs> when, when something really hits. And, you know, even global economy, you know, that's one of the reasons that Powell gave for maybe cutting rates. But we also had a rebound 
and you know eurozone industrial production that rose in sharply in May. So you know even even looking at the world around us, I don't really see this rate cut. And things things just aren't that bad at all. And that leads us perfectly into our next topic. Markets celebrate the all-time highs last week. I mean, it's a triple crown. It's a triple crown. Dow above 27,000. The S&P above 3,000. The Nasdaq above 8,200. All-time highs all around. Yeah, gold uh, will cross uh, 1,500 uh, sometime really soon. I feel it because, you know, the, the policy of the Fed really pushes up gold right now. So that'll also, uh, you know, spur a new bull market for gold. And it's a very special environment that I'm not used to where just everything goes up. You know, everything goes up. Usually <laughs> things kind of balance each other. And this is why you build your portfolio with some stocks or bonds, some gold. Because if one goes up, the other one goes down and you diversify. Right now, everything's, everything's in the basket. And everything's in the same basket of going up. And it's really hard to comprehend this market. I mean, for, for me, for me, this, this conundrum that, that, that you just brought up. I mean, gold is signaling one thing. Bonds are signal, signaling another thing. Someone's the wrong. Stocks are signaling. Exactly. <laughs> they can't all be right. They can't all be right. Bonds and gold and, and stocks can't rally all, all at the same time because they each, you know, they, they all signify something differently. They're inversely correlated for, for a reason. So for all these to be, re, to be rallying together, you know, in my opinion, years and years and years of central bank, uh, uh, you know, policies have, have contributed to this phenomenon. Really, of you know, that these are this is the new normal market right now, perhaps where everything rallies together. There was a day where even like Bitcoin was was up up until uh, Trump uh, yeah. you know smacked it down. A- everything's up, and really, you know, you you just have to ask like, will it continue until the Fed stops accommodating and stops supporting it? And as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I think that this is what will happen. But I also think that the day the Fed stops accommodating and stops, you know, juicing up this bull market on all fronts, I think it will be really painful. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, in, if, what's surprising to me is, is perhaps, you know, how well or, or how confident markets are in, in the Fed and its policies. Or maybe all that markets need to hear is, you know, rate cut. And that's it. You know, we go up like 5%. But that's what it but, seems. That's what we've seen like in the past month. You know, maybe, you know, taking a, a step back, I'm, I'm not that confident in, in, in Powell and the Fed here in, you know, guiding us uh, to, to safe waters. I think there, if anything, we're, we're going into rockier waters, into, into more, you know, deeper waters. And this guy, you know, he's, he's driving the boat right now. We got Powell driving the boat. I'm not sure how confident I am. And, and what's surprising to me is really how confident markets are in, in him. I'll tell you, I'm not confident at all. I see Jerome Powell, you know, in comic cartoons, like, you know, the, the coyote runs over the cliff, but it doesn't fall until he looks down. This is what I feel right now. That's perfect analogy here. This is what I feel right now. I like that one. Perfect way to close up uh, that topic here. Moves us on into uh, Facebook. Yeah, so Facebook fined $5 billion, uh, an FTC settlement regarding privacy concerns, which isn't surprising because, you know, we've known this to happen to Facebook specifically in the past three to four years. There have been a bunch of privacy issues. Uh, this is, you know, a very big settlement for the FTC, or at least that's how they're selling it. Five billion record fine. You know, on paper, on paper, five billion record fine. Get that headline up there. You know, it sounds amazing. But then you look at Facebook stock and it's up 1.8% on the news and you're like, hey, that's, you know, five billion. That's good news for Facebook. At the end of the day, when you break it down, this five billion, uh, you know, the five billion dollar fine, it's, it's, it's a joke. You know, with in all intended purposes, 
I was expecting, you know, if there, was another, if there wasn't another zero following that five, then, I mean, this isn't even a slap on the wrist for Facebook. This is just a, a, a stern talking to. You know, five billion to, to a company worth five hundred eighty-five billion. Of course, it made fifteen billion over the last three months in, in the previous quarter. So five billion, breaking that down, that's you know merely one month uh, worth of revenue for for a company like Facebook. And and, and to think about the the, the 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 crime committed here, because at the end of the day, you know, mishandling user data it's... in 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 this new world, you know, it's it's as it's as huge as a crime. As you can commit in this digital world. Yeah, but it's you know for Facebook, I think like fines like these are just the price of doing business. You know, like I think that Facebook knew very well that what it was doing was wrong, but they said, "Hey, I have an yeah, opportunity it's, it's, to make fifty billion dollars and to pay back five as a fine. I'll take it, and and you would take it, and I would take it and, any day of the week." And and I think for you know what we see right now is big tech, a lot of these Silicon Valley companies taking a page out of uh, the banks' books. You know, they would commit these, you know, the, these uh, uh, quote unquote crimes that they would you know, benefit massively from uh, uh, financially wise, knowing fully well that they'd only have to pay, well, you, uh, you know, peanuts. You know, for, they say it's better to ask for forgiveness than, than to they, ask for permission. Exactly. And that's exactly what Facebook's doing. But really, I think that the stock was up because Facebook shareholders in Wall Street realizes that as long as Facebook is not forced to make any corporate, you know, structural changes or to change, you know, its incentives or then the stock and the company will just continue as it is. I think at the like end money's of the day, not enough to change the, the, the behavior of Facebook as it has behaved in the past few years. Uh, despite this victory, and I will call this a victory because, you know, this this fine is just a slap on the wrist, like like I said earlier. But despite this victory, I think Facebook is still not out of the woods just yet. We saw Elizabeth Warren, a Democratic presidential candidate, uh, go on Twitter right afterwards and say, you know, that Facebook uh, perhaps should be broken up in the future. So looking forward, I think big tech in general, that's a that's a, a cause for concern uh, in the in the uh, you know long term horizon. Yeah, and and those are the topics of the last week, and actually our big tech topic. Is, is very well suited to, you know, lead us into the next segment, which is an earning season primer we got, as uh, we are starting earning season. And I'm saying that because earnings are expected to be wildly down 2.9%. 2.9% contraction. I actually wrote a, a, a little outlook on the uh, Q2 uh, earning season uh, this week for investing.com. And being that earnings contracted 0.3% in the first quarter, we're setting up for another contraction here. It would be the first earnings recession, if confirmed, uh, first uh, first one since uh, third quarter of 2016. So when you break it down really here, S&P's at all-time high, the Dow is at an all-time high, the Nasdaq has an all-time high, but earning expectations and really the fundamental reasons, you know, that should be driving a company's uh, stock performance are all pointing downwards. Yeah, and one of the interesting parts here is that one of the sectors that is expected to be down the most is actually the tech sector. Information uh, technology, indeed. Right? So you know, those are the guys that led the S&P, really, and led the NASDAQ to where it is now. But we're talking about it now. Expectations are for it to be one of the two worst performing sectors in the earnings together with materials. Exactly, exactly. So you you have to ask yourself, wait, those are our big guns. Like, those are the ones that have been leading us so far. What happens if they're in an earnings recession? Doesn't even matter right now. 
you you bring up a, a great point, and I think for the most part, what what should make the Bulls you know worried here is that we're really entering earnings season trading at all time highs. You know the bar it has has been set in a way that just uh, you know some mild uh, disappointment or or you know a a cutting guidance uh, for for the second half of the year. You know that could set off a a whole domino effect here. And what I'm looking uh, really towards is if you know how many companies really start signaling. You know all these fear and, and and concerns for the third quarter and for the fourth quarter as a result of the trade war, as a result of tariffs. We could pr- possibly see, or earnings could possibly be the 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 force here that can maybe overshadow uh, the Fed and actually topple markets. The, so th- that's interesting, but I don't see that happening. The question is, really, as long if, as Jerome Powell, if, if we head into the July Fed chair 31st, guru of the world. It's dovish. It's like, don't and worry, as guys. As long as Powell is willing to cut rates, earnings just won't matter. It's like, and they earnings might, are weak. A rate cut is coming. They might matter on an immediate like term. You know, like if if a company obviously cuts the guidance, then you know the stock might drop. But I don't see earnings as you know kind of derailing the momentum upwards that nah. the stock market has. As long as Listen, Powell we, is signaling what he is signaling. We, Some companies might get hit by the earnings recession, but the general trend of the market, I still largely expect it to be up. I agree. We've been here before where, where companies lower expectations you know, before the earnings release. And then <clears throat> it's, you know, the bar is set so low, you just go out, go out and beat it. And you know, maybe even perhaps you know, you're an upside surprise. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to this week, uh, you know, really drilling down into earnings where you're Start off with the big banks on Monday and Tuesday. Monday sees a Citigroup report before the open. Tuesday has J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and Wells Fargo. Followed Wednesday with Bank of America, PNC. Morgan Stanley closed out the week on Thursday. Clamo, my man, what are your thoughts on the banking sector here? So, honestly, I think that the banking sector has good fundamentals right now. And even though we're, you know, even though Powell's about to lower rates, I don't see this impacting banks very much. I'm, really, the the thought in the market right now is, you know, banks, and we see this in the Euro, in the European banking sector, you know, more so than in the U.S. banking sector. But the really the fear is that rate cuts are coming, lower interest rates will, will hurt the banks' uh, uh, profit margins. But the yield curve is still very steep, and this is where a lot of the bank's money is being made. So as long as this does, it's it's all relative, you know. So as long as this doesn't get hit too much, I think we're good. Uh, my favorite bank has been J.P. Morgan for you know the past few years since the Wells Fargo debacle, and then you know I, I ride them you know going into earnings season as well. I actually uh, I'm I'm liking Morgan Stanley on Thursday to uh, perform uh, uh, the best of the bunch. I'm looking for an increase in their uh, trading revenue, very similar to what we saw in Q1 uh, to build up upon uh, that momentum. Uh, so in addition to the banks, there will be some uh, more of the... Our uh, trillion-dollar stock, Microsoft. Exactly, uh, a bunch of widely-known companies uh, reporting as well. So like you said, Microsoft on Thursday, the most valuable company in the world. And I like it. And I usually don't like expensive companies, and I usually don't like stocks at all-time highs. Microsoft is a solid business. It's very not controversial right now, which is a big plus, you know, when you talk about volatility to your uh, your Googles and your Facebook. It's very out of the spotlight right now. I expect strong cloud growth from them. And the only thing that worries me about Microsoft is that the first half performance has been so good 
that investors often like to kind of worry and take the foot off the gas in the second half because the first half performance has been so strong. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree in this case. I think the uptrend is so strong with Microsoft. Uh, the, the business managed to reinvent itself into this cloud management uh, leader. You know, it's it, it's kind of it, It's a, amazing, fundamentally. Don't get really, me wrong. They, it's amazing. They, 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 you know, software in the, in the 1990s and 2000s, they've managed to completely shift away from that and reinvent themselves. You know, with Azure, which saw 70% growth in the prior, in the previous quarter. So really, I'm, I, I love Microsoft. I hold the position in the stock. You know, it's the best Dow performing stock of the year, and I expect that to continue. All right, and a quick word about Netflix. Netflix reports Wednesday after the close. I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm bracing for some bad I'm news. I'm worried. Here. I'm bracing for, that makes two of us. That there we makes go. two of us. I'm bracing for bad news. I want to hear what they have to say. Let's let's continue after the bell here for a few more for another minute here with uh, with Netflix. I'll, I'm curious to see really what they have to say with Disney coming up, with competition coming in from HBO. That has taken Friends. Friends will be moving to HBO on that Netflix, was, and, I, was, and I don't think that there's a single case that points out how the competition is hot. And to me, what I'm worried about is that this market seems to be like a one-two winners market. That means that from all the streaming services, at only the end one of the day, will be left I expect yeah. only one or two to survive. And you have so much competition, and Netflix has so much depth, you know, not being backed by a stronger company. You look at Disney. The streaming service for Disney is just a part of the business. Disney could lose money on the streaming service. For, just like for Amazon subsidizes, you know, the retail and the exactly. prime operation exactly. with the cloud. Netflix doesn't have that luxury. And that's why I'm worried. I, I agree. I agree. I'm bracing for bad news. And if I were a Netflix bull right now, I'd definitely pay, taking some, some uh, you know, some profit, some foot off the gas and really see what the, what the guidance is for, for, for the next quarter. So... There's not just earnings on the table uh, for for the week ahead. We have some data as well, which takes on some additional, you know, obviously some added significance now with uh, investors debating whether we see a 25 basis point cut or 50 basis point cut at the end of the year or at the end of the month. Uh, the big one this week, retail sales. Yeah, Tuesday morning. I I love retail sales. To me, it's one of the first leading indicators. And I like it more than I like a lot of other indicators our, just because of that. Our Fed chairman uh, made note of uh, the retail sales figure uh, that he, he'll he be watching that as well. So he likes it. Uh, but I think we've established much. that facts won't change Jerome Powell's opinion. So I have no idea why he's watching the numbers. If the numbers are telling him one thing and he decides to do the other thing anyway. Well, this could actually build his case for a rate cut. We're actually expecting to see a slowdown in retail sales according to Investing.com's economic calendar. Retail sales month over month are expected to come in at 0.2%, which would be slower from the half point or the 0.5% increase we saw in the previous month. But with that being said, though, as long as retail sales are rising, that's, you know, that, that's, a, that's a sign of strength for of course, the economy. Of course. And, and I'll tell you what, really, the one thing I want this week is a strong retail sales number just to see Powell justifying <laughs> a rate cut, even though everything is firing on all sales. That's like, like the one thing I want this week. Retail sales are transitory. There's, there's nothing <laughs> to see here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's perfect. That really sounds like him. Um, and the second thing that we have this, uh, we have actually tonight is uh, China GDP. Yep, yep. Early Monday morning, so that'll set the tone. You know, you, you, markets will, will, will open, and boom, you already get that big China GDP print number. And it's supposed to be a, a kind of bad one, 6.2, which is one of the lowest in the past three decades. Yeah. Where It's not looking very, very good. I mean, it's still within the 6% to 6.5% that the Chinese government is aiming for this year. 
Uh, I mean, it's still not very positive a number. And and this is a a number that, for all intent and purposes, I mean, I think we we can all agree that this six point two percent should be taken with a grain of salt because in actuality that number is much much lower. And we're, we're talking about numbers from China. I mean, it's uh, we've talked about it last week. Yeah, I think with the CPI. And it's always a granted to take it with a with a grain of salt. So, you know, what, what, what I want to see really is, you know, I'm obviously we're all expecting the 6.2 number to come in right in line with expectations, but the growing, but you know, the, the, the larger trend here really has been the slowdown in Chinese economic activity. And being that, you know, the China has been the engine or the growth yeah. engine of the world, you know, what does that mean for the rest of us? That being said, China is already considering and already putting into place some easing measures on business. Absolutely. So it's kind of putting the lubricant where it needs it for the gears to, you know, to roll pr- properly. So I think that, you know, I think China will do whatever it needs to not see its GDP fall below 6%. Especially I think we're when, not going to see that. When, when, when Donald Trump can take credit for something like that on Twitter. Oh, that's bad. China are definitely going to let I hadn't even thought that. of that. That's you bad. Know. So that's definitely something to uh, to to keep an eye on. So that our was last, it for, for yeah the our week last ahead. segment of the week. You have your stock of the week, which is Amazon. I'm talking about Amazon, All right? Prime Day. You want to start? Let's go. So Amazon's annual shopping event, Prime Day, kicks off on Monday. Uh, it runs for two full days this year. So you know that's a more another 24 hour days of uh, or 24 hours worth of shopping for the rest of us to take advantage of. Uh, according to some expect, uh, some forecasts are saying that sales could top six billion dollars in you know this event. A simple forty-eight hour shipping a uh, shopping event can re- it can actually add up to six billion dollars in revenue, which would be forty-six percent higher than the same period a year earlier. So I want to give Amazon you know a lot of credit here for pretty much you know reinventing Christmas in July because. <laughs> What you know, as a six billion dollars in sales, almost eight out of ten Prime members in the U.S. are forecast to take or to participate in. in, in Why in wouldn't you? I mean, I think, I'm I'm a, I'm a big Amazon guy. I shop a lot on Amazon. It's convenient. It's easy. I don't need to even leave the house, and it gets shipped to me. So at the end of the day, I think that uh, you know shares, which are up three and a half percent over the over the past week, they're up twenty eight percent over the past year. Normally. I would say that things are a bit extended, but with sh- with earnings coming up, I believe they report in the uh, uh, last week of July. I expect uh, things to uh, continue uh, pushing higher. Uh, stock is back over uh, back over above two thousand dollars. Eventually, will three thousand uh, be in the cards? Absolutely. So I think that that is something in terms uh, to look forward to. It is a, a Prime Day, and Amazon definitely provides good opportunity for this week. All right, and. I want to close off the podcast for this week talking about Boeing. So Boeing is actually expected to lose its number one plane maker. I saw Airbus actually top Boeing in deliveries. What did, did, yeah, I, yeah, I that, that headline, that's right? about to happen. Uh, it, it hasn't happened yet, but it's about to happen. Uh, of course, you know, the, the all the problems with the 737 MAX, you know, it, it, they're not over it yet. Uh, just this week, uh, a Saudi you know, airline said that they would replace the Boeing order by an Airbus order, which is very bad for Boeing, obviously. Uh, The shares, you know, they're losing ground. It it doesn't look very good. But, and of course, the head of the production for the 737 MAX will retire after less than a year. Not a good sign. So they're doing some in-house cleaning, which is fine. 
the point here that I want to bring home is that as long as Airbus and Boeing are the two biggest manufacturers and that's a de facto duopoly, they'll be okay. And I've said that as, you know, the trouble started coming in after the first crash, after the second crash, I said it already. I, I still think it. And and if you're looking from the lows, Boeing is already up about 10% from yeah, the lows. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, the, the, the stock has really been holding up well. Exactly. It's, it's, it's performing well. And it's well. because it has such a strong market position that, you know, unless a third competitor comes in, Boeing yeah. will be Boeing, even yeah. if Airbus, you know, takes over the lead for a while. That's, that's a great point. That's a great point you bring up there. All right, so that's how I wanted to close this week's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. And uh, we'll see you next week. You can hit us, hit us up on Twitter. You can follow us on the Bell Ringers Pod. Uh, you can follow me, uh, Jesse Cohen, INV. Uh, and you can follow Clemo at Clem Tebow. And you can find us on uh, investing.com, obviously, uh, Twitter's account. So leave us, uh, leave us a message. Leave us some feedback. May the trading gods be with you all. All right. Have a good week, everyone.